Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. I hope your day is going well today. So glad to be with you on our Victory Church uh, weekly podcasts. Um, I just want to encourage you, this is a day really to to really be purposeful and walk with God. I've noticed in my own personal life the intensity of, uh, of demonic attacks. Uh, demonic attacks come in the arena of thought and feeling. Satan will seek to insert a thought in your mind which produces emotions, or we call them our feelings, and, um, and, and then try to get you to act on that. And I have noticed in my personal life that the attack seems to be on the increase. Now, I know because I'm a spiritual leader and I'm a pastor of a church, and, you know, I, I say some things that are on the edge at times. I get all that, but I'm just saying that uh, I know because of the nature of my position, I perhaps have uh, stepped up attacks from the demonic realm. But, you know, if it's affecting me, I think it's affecting you as well. And my encouragement is when these things happen to me, I really hone in on watching and not allowing my thoughts to... Uh, to, to, to circle, circulate on these crazy thoughts that just come into my mind that, that tell me all kinds of negative things about me, about our church, about this and that. You know, that's, when, when that stuff happens, you just got to realize it's a demonic thing. So if thoughts come to you and they're telling you how you're not this or you're not that or you're not doing this right or what do you think about that, you're not doing that very well either and this and that and the other, those kind of negative thoughts are many times demonic intrusion into your world. They need to be resisted. So I just want to encourage you. Also, feelings of melancholia, just feeling down in the dumps for no apparent reason. Um, and, and then sometimes the enemy can use simple circumstances and make a mountain out of a, a molehill, so to speak. You know, those kind of things, just realize it's, it's a demonic attack, and you need to resist them. I do it a number of ways. First thing I do is I resist it in the name of Jesus, and I say out loud what God's Word says about me. And, and then once I do that, and then I just begin to praise God wherever I am. Just sometimes I, it's quiet if I'm around people, but if I'm by myself, I get really vocal with my worship and my praise because that's a tremendous spiritual weapon. So use the name of Jesus and, uh, and then say out loud what God's word says about you. That's how you counteract the demonic realm. You remember what Jesus did? In, the, in his wilderness temptations, every time Satan came to him after his 40-day fast, it is written, it is written, it is written. And, you know, we're doing this 21-day fast, which is not the same as what Jesus did when he totally abstained from food for 40 days. But it does put you in a place where you're, you're seeking the Lord and you can have more of an attack in the demonic realm when you really are moving in and pushing in towards God. Not just when you're doing Daniel fasts, but in general. If you're moving and pushing towards God, you know, you're going to have some resistance. So just be aware of the resistance that comes and, and be willing to stand against that and, uh, and use the tools that God's given you. He's given us, he's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us his authority. Uh, he's given us his word, which we should speak and vocalize out loud. 
And, and then that uh, really, really tremendous weapon of praise and worship is amazing. When you get off by yourself, just begin to worship the Lord. Brings the presence of God. Uh, I've, I've been talking uh, for the next last little bit about, about the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and I want to go there again today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully exhaust this subject. I've actually been talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. And a pivot point for this, getting into this, is John 16, where Jesus was actually preparing his disciples for his departure to heaven via the, via, via the cross and, and then the ascension. Um, John 16, 13 through 15 says this, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we have the Holy Spirit in us, and his goal is to guide us into all truth. So um, uh, I have been began speaking and talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives as believers. And I've covered the first three of those 10 ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit creates, creates unity in the body of Christ, and he moves us towards unity. That was... Uh, that was a couple of podcasts, few podcasts ago. Then secondly, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire to be like Jesus. And then thirdly, last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. Number three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness or right standing with God. Many times again, when the enemy comes, he comes to accuse, he comes to malign, he comes to you know uh, let make us feel like, we're not what we think we are, or we're not what we should, we should be, et cetera, et cetera. So just recognize those are often tactics of the enemy to get us off our game to, to get, uh, and to, to push us and move us away from progressing in God spiritually. The fourth way the Holy Spirit works in us, he seeks to keep us pure and morally pure, mentally pure, and all that. So I want to talk about the purity that the Holy Spirit brings uh, in this podcast today. There is a Bible doctrine, the doctrine of sanctification. And I want to talk about that today in, uh, in you know, some fair detail. Um, you know, last time I talked about uh, the doctrine of righteousness and we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ because we are justified by faith. I, when I studied this many, many years ago, one thing that really helped me to quantify, you know, just how I think about uh, my standing with God and then how I feel, uh, how, I, what, how I think about drawing closer to the Lord in purity and in holiness, you got to understand some Greek words. And this is what really amazed me as I studied this many years ago. I was in my 20s uh, as I studied this out and saw that the same Greek word for, for righteous, the word righteousness in the New Testament is the same Greek word that the word justification comes from. The, the base root word, Greek word there, is the same word. And so that which justifies us also makes us righteous, and and then and and then the and, and so that's the doctrine of of righteousness and justification. But see, there's two, and so pivot that uh, with the doctrine of 
sanctification and holiness. See, the same Greek word, root word, that is, that is, um, is translated holy or holiness uh, is translated sanctify or sanctification. And so, you know, you, you, don't, you don't become holy to be right with God. You become holy to be like God. Let me say it again. You don't become holy to be right with God. You become holy to be like God. And you become a bearer of His presence when you make a choice that I'm going to draw near and become pure and holy. See, that's the doctrine of sanctification. See, we get it mixed up. We think, we think by our behaviors, our behaviors make us right with God. No, that's what Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8, by grace, for by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. So a works righteousness is, is a righteousness or a right standing with God where I feel like I've got to do something to be right with God. See, she got it all mixed up. No, no, Jesus did something. He took our sin. Jesus' work on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension makes us right with God. It's not our works, not by works of righteousness we have done, but by his own mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, Titus 3 says. So again, see, see, we're not made right with God by what we do. We're made right with God because of what Jesus did. So let me say, if you're wrestling with your standing with God, become go back and get my last podcast and, and listen to what I talked about with us being righteous because of what Jesus did and being justified because of what Jesus did. Now, now I want to talk about uh, sanctification, the doctrine of sanctification and holiness. See, uh, those words go together in the Greek language. And, uh, and, and that which sanctifies you makes you holy. And, and I want to talk about that. And so, so don't, you know, make sure you don't mix up, you know, being right with God by being pure. No, purity and holiness is us drawing to be like Him, drawing near to Him. This has to do with us opening ourselves up for the Holy Spirit to use us. But what makes us right with God is the fact that Jesus took our sin. He justified us. And then he gave us his standing in heaven by making us righteous. Isn't that awesome? So, again, let's talk about sanctification. That's a long word. We never use that term in our natural vernacular today. Um, sanctification uh, really means to be set apart. Uh, in fact, it means to be set apart unto something. So, you know, um, uh, if I buy a car, it's on a lot with a lot of other cars. But if I buy it, purchase it, what do I do? I sanctify it. That is, I bring it to myself. You got it? Um, you know, if uh, you buy a head of lettuce at the grocery store, I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, it's a, with a bunch of lettuce heads there, and you grab one, put it in your cart, you pay for it, take it home, put it in your your refrigerator, you just sanctify that head of lettuce. That is, it's yours. It's no longer part of the others. It's yours. So, see, when when God sanctifies us, there is an initial positional sanctification that we can walk in Jesus when the Holy Spirit bears upon our hearts and brings and produces the conviction of sin and we repent of sin oh my goodness so what does that do it opens the door for God to grab us 
He snatches us out from the darkness we're walking in, from the sin that we're walking in, cleanses us from sin, gives us a brand new nature. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. All things become new. And he literally draws us to himself. And we are in Christ Jesus. And that's what 1 Corinthians 1.30 says. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and, look, sanctification and redemption. See, there's a positional righteousness and then also there's a positional sanctification. There's a positional holiness where, uh, again, that word means to be set apart from something to something else. And that's what Jesus does for us when he redeems us from sin. We have a positional sanctification. That means God takes us out of the world and makes us his own. And we're his and we belong to him. That is so cool, isn't it? Uh, so that's the first phase of sanctification. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And there's two, two things there. That, that, that process of, of positional sanctification. Where we come out of the world. And God separates us. And makes us literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's so awesome when you're born again. But see there's a next step. Don't just stop with, the, with that positional sanctification, positional holiness, go to the next step. There is a progressive or daily sanctification, and that's what the latter part of that passage I just mentioned in 1 Corinthians 6 says, for you are bought by, uh, for God bought you with a high price, so that last sentence, so you must honor God with your body. Now, when it says you must honor God with your body, you know what it's saying? You already positionally bought you're already positionally holy. You've been set apart. You've been sanctified by, by the Holy Spirit, by God the Father, through Jesus and his blood. And he says here, when he says, so you must honor God with your body. You know what he's saying? You need to take the next step. I'm taking, take the next step and let that daily change, that daily sanctification come, that daily being set apart, that daily holiness work in you. So there's a positional uh, sanctification. There's a progressive or a daily sanctification. And then in a minute, we'll talk about final sanctification. Let's talk about the progressive or, or daily sanctification. So we're set apart by the Holy Spirit through the new birth. And, and then progressive sanctification, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, listen, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it's mentioning there that we are being transformed from the inside out and we're going from one phase of glory to the next phase of glory. And it happens by the Holy Spirit. So, so see, you know, what that, that's talking about that progressive holiness, that progressive being set apart or that progressive sanctification the scriptures speak of. And that belongs to you and me in Christ. But see, we've got to cooperate with God to do that. And we're living in a day right now that I, you can sense the Lord calling us away from all of the pitfalls our culture is falling into. And listen, I've never seen our culture fall so low as it has today. We are accepting immorality in ways that 
that we really haven't in previous generations. And it's going to cost us a lot. It's going to cost us our family, families. It's going to cost us our marriages. It's going to cost us an ability to transfer, to transfer um, ways of living from one generation to the next because there's going to be a breakdown of the family. And when there's a breakdown of the family, a nation will fall and come to utter ruin and chaos. That's where we're headed. That's the reason you can sense. If you can sense the Holy Spirit right now, he's calling us away from all of the enticements of the flesh, all of the impurity and immorality that is all around us. Why? He wants us to be a light. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15 says, And what, and what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So again, he says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And he brings a, 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 a real definition to what it looks like to be a believer. He calls the believer righteousness, calls the unbeliever lawlessness because he does what he, wanted to, he, he wants to do with or her to do with the, to the disregard of God's word. And what communion has light with darkness calls the believer light calls the unbeliever darkness, and what accord, what agreement has Christ with Belial? That's another term for, um, for idols that were worshipped in Bible days. And so he calls the unbeliever an idol. He calls, he calls the believer Christ because we are. We are little Christs, as it were. We're to be that way. We're Christians. Or what has part has a believer? He calls the believer a believer and the unbeliever an unbeliever. And and then in verse 16, he says, uh, he calls the believer a temple of God, and he calls the unbeliever an idol. Why? Because he served himself in his own self-interests. Wow. Then, I love this statement, for you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will walk in them, and I will, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they will be my people, therefore... Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's, that's an incredible statement that God gave the believer there uh, when he says that we're the temple of God, that he will dwell in us, he'll walk among us, we'll be his God. And, 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 you know, I, he will be our God and we will be his people. And then he tells us to come away from our culture, separate ourselves, and don't touch what is unclean or impure, and I will receive you and I'll be a father to you. So why is he saying that? Friends, we, we are potential bearers of the presence of God. But listen, the presence of God will go into hiding unless we walk in daily sanctification, the daily setting apart of the whole, uh, by the Holy Spirit of, of us as believers. We've got to walk in daily uh, sanctification, daily holiness. And that's a process whereby little bit by little bit, God draws us to himself, draws us away from the world, and draws us into him. Um, uh, the, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1, listen to what he says. I can feel the, the passion in the heart of God when he says, Therefore, having these promises... 
beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. See, there's, there's an impassioned plea uh, uh, by the Apostle Paul, unctioned by the Holy Spirit, for us to cleanse ourselves from all of the things that, that make us like our culture, that are impure, that are unclean. He calls it filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So it's internal sins and it's external sins. It's pride, it's arrogance, it's lust on the inside. Outwardly, it's, it's these habits that we, that we do with our physical bodies that, that hinder the work of God in our lives and, and cause us to, to be unfit bearers of the presence. Listen, we're living in a day God wants us to bear His presence in our culture. And uh, the only way to do that is let that progressive sanctification play out. 1 Corinthians 9 27, the Apostle Paul said, But I discipline my body and bring it into subject, subjection. See, Paul separated him from his body. He lived inside of the physical uh, person, the body. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amplified of that same verse says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. But like a boxer, he says, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships. Why do you say it that way? Because your body's going to try to get you to sin. Your body's going to try to yield to the things that are raging in our culture. And there's a lot of mess today, y'all. God's word translation of that verse, 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, rather, I toughen my body with punches and make it my slave so that I will not be disqualified after I have spread the good news to others. See, See, again, it's, it's, it's showing that there's a real wrestling match with our bodies and the appetites of our bodies that come from the things that are, we're exposed to in our culture. And he says, you gotta, you got to toughen your body with punches and make it my slave. Isn't that great? Make your body your slave. Don't be a slave to your appetites. Let your appetites be a slave to you. That is, we determine what we allow our bodies to do or, or not do. We determine what we think about or what we don't think about. A uh, new century version of this verse says this, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I treat my body hard, and there it is again, and make it my slave so that I myself will not be disqualified after I have preached to others. Now, that's good preaching right there, isn't it? And Weiss translation is so good. And I read this uh, the first time many, many, many years ago. Boy, I mean, I, it really rattled me hard because it shows how how what a wrestling match there is with a physical body and how we need to really deal with ourselves uh, as, as God seeks to pull us away from our cultural trends and pull us into Him. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Kenneth Weiss translation says this. Listen to this. But I beat my body black and blue and make it my abject slave. Wow. Lest somehow when I've preached to others, I myself should be disqualified from further Christian service. Now, you know, you know, see, see how he tags that? See how the Apostle Paul shows us that 
It's a real wrestling match with the body. And your body so wants to disobey God. And, you know, that's why we need to watch what we expose our ears to, what we hear and our eyes to, what we see. And there's so much crass mess around today. Let's get real. And, you know, if you're going to keep your eyes and ears pure, you're going to do it on purpose or they're not going to be pure. That's the way it is. We are surrounded. We're in a moral we're devolving into a moral abyss in, a, in the United States of America. And then we're seeking to, you know, push that on the world. And, you know, there are cultures that are resisting who we are. And we need to resist it ourselves as believers. So again, uh, let me read this Weiss translation as I conclude today. But I beat my body black and blue and make it my abject slave. Wow. Wow. I beat my body black and blue. That means it's resisting. It's wanting to go where it shouldn't go. And you're saying, mm -mm -mm -mm. come back, big boy. Come back, big girl. You're not going there. I'm not going to let you do that today. Mind, you come back in line. Emotions, you come back in line. Body, you get back in line. I'm not going to let you do it. And I treat it, I, I, I beat it black and blue. Wow. They make it my abject slave. So, again, you know, if you're, if you're being challenged with our culture, and if you're being challenged to enter into the paths of sin, listen, that is strong today. And it takes a walk with God. It takes seeking, seeking God in the first time, parts of your day. It takes reading your Bible. It takes praying. It takes taking time to fellowship with other believers. And let me say this. If you're one of those who since COVID have stayed home and you've not been in fellowship with other believers in a local church, you are going to have some problems, my friend. Iron sharpens iron, and we need, that we need that sharpening effect of others in our lives today. Now more than ever, we, not, we don't need more, uh, less, we need more activities together with our, with, our, with our family of God life, our church life, as we saw it. We are, we are the church, and we need to gain together. Uh, I, I will talk about the final phase of sanctification or being set apart when I come back next time because I completely ran out of time. There's so much to cover with this subject, uh, and we'll talk about final or complete uh, sanctification when we come back next time. Uh, the things to take away from this is today is that uh, just realize that your standing with God has to do with being justified by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that justification by faith, just as if I'd never sinned, it makes us right with God. It's the blood of Jesus. It's not our good works that make us right with God. It's, it's the blood of Jesus that does. So our standing with God has to do with Jesus' righteousness that he gives us. But our being a bearer of the presence of God has to do with the choices we make to come away from the world and be separate from the distractions of our culture. And see, we positionally set apart by God. We're sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit uh, when we are born again and we become temples of the living God. And as temples, He wants us to, he wants us to, um, to come away from the distractions of the flesh and allow that progressive or daily being set apart to work in our lives. And again, that only works when we get in the Word. If you're out of the Word, not reading your Bible, and not reading good books uh, that are, uh, that are uh, written by uh, authors and teachers of the Word of God, then 
I just tell you, you're going to have a trouble, going to have problems. Not, not attending a local church, not involved in fellowship with other believers. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some problems. That's the reason we need to gang together today. Together, we're strong. Isolated, we may fail. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the work of Jesus would be completed in me and every person listening to this. Lord, take us where, where we need to go with being set apart to you. Help us to see, Lord, the pitfalls around us of our culture and the things that are being touted as okay and all right when heretofore it's been shown as, as things we should not be involved in. Lord, lead us into a deeper work of Jesus in us. Lead us into that being set apart by him on a daily basis. Lord, show us where we need to change. Show us where we need to clean up. And let us be willing, Lord, to discipline our physical persons very sternly, lest we give away the freedom that Jesus has provided in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. I can't wait to get into this next time. We'll talk about it soon. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.